1: This is Severin. I'm your host today, Thursday, 2 p.m., as usual, for Young Farmers, radio by Young Farmers, uh, radio from Young Farmers around the country. We are sponsored this week and every week by Hearst Family Ranch and delighted to be joined today on the line um, by Ray. Ray in New Hampshire. Are you there, Ray? I am. Hello. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Um, Ray, would you mind introducing yourself and uh, your farm?
2: Yeah. Uh my name is uh, Ray Sprague. Uh I was born and raised in uh Plainfield, New Hampshire on Edgewater Farm. Our farm is right on the Connecticut, uh
1: about halfway up the state on uh yeah, western western New Hampshire. And what's what's growing on your farm and and what part of that farm are you most involved with?
2: Um we do uh, I'm most involved with the vegetable, like the vegetable production, both, uh, we do, we have some, uh, under greenhouse and some mostly outside. Um, we also do, uh, bedding plants and perennials and annuals for people to come and buy for their own personal gardens. I am in, I'm involved in, in all aspects. Uh, we also grow a fair amount of strawberries, about, usually about 7 to 10 acres, and that's 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 one of my primary focuses, though. Yeah, that and the that and the vegetable production would be, I guess, the my focus. So, my, people my who are in, living in focuses. your area,
1: is it? Would you characterize it as a rural or a suburban area where they're coming to buy perennials for their gardens? It's
2: it's 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 rural, semi-rural, with uh, a little bit of a little bit of uh, suburban creeping in on us, but not too bad yet.
1: And tell us what you did. Did you did you continue to stay at the farm ever since you were little, or did you go away briefly and come back?
2: Yeah, I uh, I went to four years of uh, I got a, a bachelor of arts degree out at um, Presky College, um, and I was out there, and I, w- I I didn't really know what I wanted to study. It was one of those kind of things, and uh, continued to miss the farm a little bit, and then came back and. <clears throat> my parents weren't really never really like, pressured me or anything, but kind of just liked what I was doing so or returned. and uh yeah i think i'm i think i'm pretty perma- i'm a pretty permanent fixture up here now
1: <laughs> and are you are you um surrounded by other farms that also have young people working on them or are you feeling like you're kind of an exception
2: they're, they're well my my all my younger cousins are, are into the dairy thing, and they're on the same road, but a lot of, like, vegetable growers up there uh, around my dad's age or so, just in this pocket, most of them are, like, in their, you know, like, mid to late 50s, early 60s, and and it's kind of hard uh, they have, having, I think they're having trouble, like, figuring out, like, farm transfer issues, you know, because a lot of them don't want to see, they don't want to sell the farm, you know, but a lot of the kids have gone off and done other things, and... So somewhat somewhat of an exception I guess in in this pocket. But yeah.
1: And your markets are direct? You're doing farmers markets or you're going shipping stuff in in big trucks to supermarkets in Boston or what's your what's your particular configuration for distribution?
2: Uh we're pretty much uh we try and we try and focus on this this little area. We uh, we have a couple of uh local co-ops that are pretty large and um that's a primary primarily the only uh wholesaling that we do. They are within like probably about a ten mile radius. Um and then we have we have a farm stand on a on a more main road, um uh, which we open in June after once our strawberries starts taking kind of and run it through the middle, usually Columbus Day weekend. Now we have, we've done, we've, we've tinkered a little bit with, uh, we have a, like a satellite DSA location where we, um, <clears throat> do like box shares in, uh, in a, like in a community about, uh, 25 minutes away. And that's about, that's about as far as we run the trucks, which is pretty good. Yeah, because we do, I mean, we don't, we are, we've never, we've never built trailers or anything like that. We, I, I was, I was kind of more into the whole wholesaling thing, but now I'm realizing that you know the bigger you get into that the, the less money that ends up in in pocket around here so yeah
1: yeah the price per pound for a wholesale and um i just know from for from on apples just cuz of my friend eric who, um down the road it's like $2.50 if you sell direct and 8 cents a pound if you sell to a wholesaler for juice which is just an extraordinary uh spread for the same product yeah. In, anyway, so what what are the parts uh, of the farm that think, um are particularly good for for new innovation or where do you feel like you would like to take the business um in the next say five years um that reflects what you've come to understand about um local food systems near you? Um
2: I would like to show I would like to have more like on like on on farm like a, you know like maybe a home farm C S A, maybe um the i mean the farm stands a great model I, one thing that we've really we've really learned is that people you know people don't know what to do with a lot of these products that we have and um i really i feel strongly that a, a kitchen is a, a is a pretty crucial element to a farm these days um doing the value added stuff uh, canning cook saucing, all that all that uh all that added added product and because um, we have, I mean, we have a ton of shrink at that, you know, stuff that we can't put at our farm stand, stuff that we can't, you know, just can't sell, but it's, it's still really usable food. So, that's a, that's a direction I like to head in. Um, my sister is actually on the farm still, too, which is pretty awesome. She's really into, um, growing, like, uh, like, perennial and annual plants for, like, ornamental gardens and, um, for local designers and, I think that, that that crowd has really helped us both bring people to the farm to, to buy vegetables, but also to come and do that uh, garden. So, yeah, we're continue- like <laughs> I ramble on sometimes, but uh, the the family is all still working here together, and I think that as long as we can continue in that path, it's a, a good direction.
1: And – did was the farm business started by your parents or um was it earlier than that and what was the story of how the farm got started
2: the farm the farm was originally uh it belonged to the colby family in the late eighteen hundreds and they the some of the remaining barns that we still have here um were uh massive, massive chicken production um they did they did egg they did, a, they did a egg and had a few uh beef and a few dairy cows um a place where we store a lot of our vegetable tool, uh tools for vegetable weeding or it was an old was an old milking shed and um my parents bought my mom grew up on the road dairy farming and uh they bought the farm in uh early seventies and uh from there they uh picked up a couple of other pieces of land like pretty close by and uh yeah they just they didn't they didn't really know they want my dad started out as wanted to grow some like organic sweet corn. Um he came out of uh UNH with an horticulture degree and thought that would be a good idea and then they soon got talked into growing uh strawberries Pick your own. So it's just kind of like picked up things and grown from there a little bit. But, yeah. So
1: so you guys are all certified organic the whole acreage or or you're not certified or what's your um
2: We're not we're not certified for certified organic. We uh we use fungicides for, you know, our small fruit, and um, you know, spray. We we practice IPM in the greenhouses and with our sweet corn, but uh, we haven't figured out the organic thing. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah, there's a, there's a big discussion there, but yeah, I we'll, won't. We'll leave it at that.
1: You're not totally convinced either way.
2: I'm not. I'm not convinced. No, I'm not convinced either. Way. I, I came back. I wanted to. I, I studied some permaculture in college, and and I thought that it would be nice to have like a uh, a piece of land uh, that was or an a, a area that was organic. A few guys around here grow like for market. They have their like their corn, and then they have like organic fields, you know. But our rotation, is, we're 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 land short a little bit, and uh, our rotation uh is is, heavy, is is in heavy production with strawberries, and it's kind of hard to they're giving me the three year thing. But I mean, we use those crops that crops that go without getting sprayed, and then there's you know this year we, you know, with the tomato blight and stuff, there's stuff that gets sprayed heavier, and it was just
1: well, one yeah. thing you have on your side is that you have been on the farm for such a long time that you would probably qualify for a USDA. Um, Equipment or land loans. I just was on the phone with them this week asking them about how to qualify for. They have this like one point two percent or one point six percent fixed rate loan to, to buy land or equipment. Yeah. And I don't know. Loans are scary, and buying things is scary. But you have the advantage of a longer tenure, and yeah. um, you would qualify at least in the state of New York. I read the I read the um requirements. You could like buy another farm down the road and start start an organic part?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, pro- there's all no, so there's always possible. For- so you have a
1: project of wanting to do more um value added, more processing with your sister. And what would that look like? Would that be like a kitchen on the farm or would it be um working more with uh like a local restaurant or how do you how do you feel like that would shape up?
2: Um, it would be like, this is this is the vision, uh, uh, our farm stand would have a, you know, like a lower, like a lower deck, like it's a single floor, you know, it's a single floor farm stand. It would have like a, um, kind of like a basement, like root and storage cellar with, uh, you know, maybe like, uh, like the processing kitchen down there where like the stuff got ready. And then like that main floor where the people came in, there, there'd be like the, there would be like a, like a kitchen up there where you know maybe there would be like baked goods and and uh, you know stuff being made so people could like see that all right this stuff comes from the land here and is processed here and it you know it's not like this, we don't know where it came from or it just tostitos put it in a can and, you know it's, they can see the tomatoes on the shelf that made the that made the that made the salsa you know and or or the you know the salads right there for. For people to pick up, because we 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 found that people, you know, they want to come in and they want stuff that's ready ready to eat, you know. And I mean, to me, a tomato or a cucumber is ready to eat, but <laughs> it's that ex- it's that extra step. Um, so yeah. yeah,
1: it's astounding. You'd think that uh, we need to change the public school system and teach people how to how to cook a little more, so they would be able to buy more vegetables and not not just, not just cook them. a
2: little more. I would I would uh, also add that. We need, we need more education on, like, growing things. It's, fun, it's funny to see people, like, coming and not understanding, like, what, you know, they, they they see stuff in the grocery store, but they don't know, like, what, you know, how how it grew. Like, what kind of plants are those over there? They don't, you know. People ask, like, what are those plants with, like, beautiful purple flowers? And we're like, those are potatoes, you know. <laughs> the potatoes are underneath. but I, th- I think that, yeah, there needs to be a, a shift in that. I mean, we didn't, we, we didn't up and this is an agricultural area, and we didn't grow up learning any of that stuff at school so i went I went to Africa and i saw uh we went to, and visited a school in, in Zimbabwe and they're they you know they're teaching the kids at young ages that agriculture is a class you know like math like math and English and science
1: you know but, so so what do you changes. think that they should teach in the school i mean what do you think would be useful to you? Coming in already in second generation of a family farm, what um, what would have been useful to learn, or or what do you still want to go and find in terms of training outside of um, regular school, as like a from like from now on?
2: What what, you, in fact, what, like what you kind of class in,
1: would you want to take?
2: It, it, well, I think it's as simple as in like primary schools, getting getting kids out, like you know. Taking taking a piece of the playground lawn and, and around here and plow, having some guy plow it up and for them to like get into the soil and plant simple things beans and corn you know beans and corns in the, in the spring you know and and you know seeing seeing those things or even like starting little having little greenhouses with a little germination chambers so people can see that this this is where this is how it comes up and then you know they come back to school in the fall and. You know, maybe somebody takes care of the garden for them, or there's there's summer programs, or I don't you know. There's there's plenty of directions you could go, but it's just people need to see like how how like the vegetables grow, and and that they don't need to specifically have the most. Pre- yeah, and that, that I think that would adjust like people would realize that you can eat stuff that doesn't look perfect. You know, <laughs> there's that whole. The whole everyone wants everything to be, like, aesthetically per- perfect. But I don't know. That thing it just needs the the whole consumer aspect needs to to, to grow as well. Um, but, do you uh, feel like – I'm, feel I'm, like I'm, all, you... I'm all, over, all over the place. But, yeah, to get back no, to – No, no, you're good. No, aspect, this is but, fine. Yeah,
1: uh, Would well, like, um, you feel like the economics of of small farming – um, is something that you're able to translate from math classes and from school, or do you feel like um, more business training would have been useful to you, or do you, or do you, or do you learn that from the family?
2: Uh I, I like my school. Like I didn't really take any like business courses. Um, I guess it would come from, you know, I, I do a lot of the wholesaling, like the accounting there, like a little bit of accounting there, and like uh, I'll pick up like more over time, but. That, I mean, that, that, that is, a, that's a pretty solid part of, of farming. Um, there's extension stuff that, uh, I go to, you know, tri- like my mom wants me learn QuickBooks and, and there's that whole, that, that whole aspect of farming, which is, well, you know, you, you're, you're also managing a business and, and a lot of times in the summer, you know, it gets, it gets lost a little bit. <laughs> but, uh. That 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 would have been more helpful for me. Um, yeah, I think in all, like, all during my education, I didn't really even, you know, the first first course that I really uh, started to apply to, like, like farming was in high school. I took a ecology course where I, you know, I started learning about succession and, like, layers of the forest, and then I could, like, see, like, oh, you know, the Native Americans use, like, the Three Sisters, and that's, like, kind of like a, a – a rough example, but it's something that you can kind of translate across across the line but uh
1: yeah so what would the succession look like on your farm like if say you did have less uh land pressure, what would you what would you imagine to be the next step beyond this kitchen um, like making strawberry jam and stuff Where, How would you integrate more perennial um And kind of food forest thinking into into a active vegetable operation like yours.
2: Um. Well, yeah. uh, It's kind of funny. um, I think it's a lot to do with like the rotation and uh, you know creating more. There's. Hang on a second. This this other phone's ringing at me. Um. But uh. We 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 use a lot of uh cover cropping to um to, like to mitigate pests and and uh to curb like soil disease um if we could if we had more space for that we could you know we could lay, leave with, uh fields fallow um but as far as us it's hard because with you know i always look at it like all right um, we have like rows of blueberries. Like, couldn't we put like stuff on the lower levels? You know, more shade, like like stuff that didn't need so much sunlight in the summertime to like to use, utilize more space in these rows and and. Uh, but as far as as far as that whole uh, food forest, what would it look like around me? It would be be more like you know in the upper canopy i guess would be like nut trees you know and finding finding uh you know m- like mushrooms and stuff in the lower the lower areas uh you know people are inoculating like logs and stuff for mushroom planting and i mean it's 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 almost like you know cultivate also like deer crops and like in and, and and uh turkey around here like just just a mix of stuff that you could do, but how to how to apply that to like the business model is kind of I don't know tough. <laughs> I don't know is that kind of vague? Do you need me to? No, that's to, fine.
1: I mean, it's just a, it's a long. It seems like it's a long term thinking project anyway to figure yeah. out like to really learn the business and learn and learn the rotations and learn what works right now, and then yeah. you know applying yourself to how that evolves. It's it's a major. It's like a, the work of a lifetime.
2: Yeah. Or, or, many lifetimes.
1: <laughs> what about uh, pigs?
2: Yeah, the, the evolution of the farm is, is 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 it always seems to be occurring. And, and there's like there's people with different ideas coming on and being like, you guys should do this and that. And, and somewhat, you know, that you need to, to 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 grow and do these different things. But you also need to recognize that. You know, at some point, at some level, at some level, it needs to be economic. There needs, there needs to be economic feasibility for, for those things. Yeah. So the like, and it probably the takes day, a while to learn,
1: probably really while that? to learn why why decisions are made a certain way and what the economic ramifications of all of the actions are. And I mean, it's pretty hard to beat strawberries. Yeah. Per per acre.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Yep.
1: Uh, well, I appreciate so much your coming on. I wanted to um let you have a chance to mention any local resources that are um have been really relevant to you or your farm website.
2: Um, local resources, uh I I guess this is the time to give a shout out to like the extension the extension has been very helpful in New Hampshire. Um there's not enough money in the in the, those programs for like land grant, they're, I know they're tight right now. Um, uh, you know, like the, our consumers in this area are are getting uh, really good education from this organization, Vital Communities. Um, they're helping with the whole locavore movement and stuff. And then, yeah, I don't know. Oh, our if you want to check out what we do and our growing practices, our uh, farm's website is www. edgewaterfarm. com.
1: Awesome, Ray. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm. I hope someday we get to meet in person. And until then, um, it's really great to know we, that you're doing what you're doing where you're doing it. Um, and if anybody lives near Ray in southern New Hampshire, southwestern New Hampshire,
2: uh, yeah, I am like, yeah, southwest, like uh, central, South west, central, central <laughs>
1: New Hampshire. Get in touch with Ray and go hang out with him.
2: Yeah, come um, on by.
1: Come on. <laughs> Um, this is Severin, and this is Greenhorns Radio. We are sponsored this week and every week by Hearst Family Ranch. We had a great time last weekend at the pig, uh, pig's butchery workshop, and we have upcoming um, more workshops called the Duck Pluck, where you can come and learn to pluck a duck. Check us out online, www.thegreenhorns.wordpress.com. Thank you so much. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye.